Hey, how are you? Welcome back. Good, how are you? <laughs> I love having you on the show. Um, so uh, we were talking a little bit earlier about uh, trade shows um, and how folks try and embrace relationship development through trade shows and networking events and conferences and stuff like that. Um, you and I have both had sort of just horrible, horrible experiences to do things. Not that say there's not, you know, uh, silver linings in there somewhere. Uh, but I wanted to get your take on on how that works relative to things like uh, what we're doing with podcasts. Yeah, great question. For me, I'm obsessed with efficiency. And that's where the in-person, you know, networking conferences thing really breaks down. I have value for it. Make no mistake. It's how I originally built, you know, essentially my original network. And it was effective, but it definitely was not efficient. You know, I got to the point, this was pre-pandemic and the before times, but doing multiple events per day and the time, you know, back and forth and at the event. And occasionally you'll just, you'll go to a new event, but it won't wind up being a great event. You won't meet a lot of people there that really is great fit. Not even people that even if you wanted to, you could help. And after you've done, you know, enough of that, you will have met some good people, but you wouldn't, you won't have done so very efficiently. So I have value for them but it's gotta be for a very specific purpose, right? I've been to so many events at this point that I, you know, I can't even, I couldn't even quantify how much time I've spent at those. And something I didn't realize until actually the pandemic really opened my eyes to it to a certain extent was just how time consuming all of it is and ultimately how expensive it winds up being. Opportunity cost wise, in person and physical anything is crazy expensive. Uh, my my tech people will definitely understand and appreciate that. But every time I have to do something, I just went to an in person, you know, physical event uh, last night for first time in a couple of weeks, and just like getting in the car and driving there and sitting in traffic and being late and all these things. And then by the time I was there, you know, I didn't know who was going to be there. The event ended up being, you know, okay, but the last like. 90 minutes or so it was like yeah, kind of a round table format but i didn't even say a whole lot so i didn't get a lot of time to build a lot of relationships with anybody but i did learn a little bit from some other folks so when we collectively add up all the time and effort that we're putting into a lot of this stuff if you have a better opportunity roi wise and opportunity cost wise to spend at least some of that time i'm not saying all of that time because the in-person stuff is important and i still do some of it but I've cut back on it quite a bit, especially once I found out how effective something like building relationships virtually or asynchronously by having a valuable hook for your prospect, like inviting them as a guest on your podcast, what we do at Podcast Chef. Once I found out how effective that was, it changed everything for me because now I could do so many things that I couldn't when it came to going to a conference, for example, right? A conference might be on a certain topic, but like, if I don't know who's going to be there, you know, my personas may or may not be there. It's difficult to kind of figure out in a group of people, which one is my persona, what title do these folks have, you know, a lot of time, effort and research needs to go into that. And oftentimes it's like opaque. Uh, so you really can't figure that out all that easily. And a lot of time will be invested trying to figure that out. But with having a great hook that, that enables you to build relationships that way, I can reach out to specifically the person at the company that I want to build a relationship with, I can even build a list of those folks. And because the response rate is so strong, I can get a lot of responses back and start building a lot of great relationships rather like efficiently. And that's the big thing is like, 
in-person networking and in-person stuff is effective, but it's not efficient. Leveraging something like a valuable hook for your prospect, like inviting them to be a guest in your podcast is both effective and efficient. And that ended up being a much better solution for me. Yeah, I can imagine, you know, going to a conference or a trade show and 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 trying to find an organic way to get in front of your ideal prospect who you know is the VP of sales in this organization and go, how am I going to find my way to a conversation with that guy while I'm at this show? Or yeah. or how am I going to meet with that woman while we're, you know, in the middle of these sessions at these breakout rooms or whatever? That gets really, really dicey uh, pretty quick because um, to your point, I think everybody's motives at a trade show or at a conference or at one of these business card exchanges um, is almost by default opaque, right? You almost have to assume everyone's going there to sell you something. Yep. And that makes everyone kind of at, in full self-defense mode, right? right? Whereas, you know, that same person, you ask them to be a guest on a podcast, the conversation dynamic changes completely. Totally. It neutralizes the defense mechanism, which is great, right? It's a shame everyone's defense needs to be up at all times, but I understand why it is. You took one look at like my inbound LinkedIn connection requests, you'd have really good understanding as to why. Just like total epiphanies and page after page of page of text, just like people that have no connection to me whatsoever that go right into selling and hitting me with quotes and proposals and all kinds of stuff. I just, I hope that it's fully, auto- I mean, if it's fully automated, shame on them because that's right. abuse. But if they're actually copying and pasting or typing that stuff, I just like, I feel sorry for them because I never read any of it. (laughs) I disconnect from pretty much all of that kind of stuff. And so does everyone else. Like those things just don't work. So I don't really understand why people feel a need to kind of invest in that kind of stuff. But what I will say is even on platforms like LinkedIn, where a lot of that noise is common, even for someone like myself, and it has happened to me, right? When people actually have something to offer me a value, I do respond where if someone comes to me and is like, and they have before, you know, do you want to be guest on my podcast? I'm like, yeah, let's talk about that. Like, talk, tell me more about the show, right? And immediately I'm in a conversation with someone that I wasn't expecting to be. And I, I'm interested and engaged because they've met me, they've met me somewhat halfway, right? It isn't just all about them, right? I don't know why anyone thinks that striking up conversations or having relationships is all, it's supposed to be all about talking about themselves, it should be all focused on who you're talking to. It's taken a long time for people to kind of figure that out. But even for the ones that have, they still go way too hard, way too soon with something. And you just ruin it from the beginning. So instead, I like to keep it short and sweet and offer something of value so that we can actually get to a conversation relatively quickly and then figure out, you know, is this going to be a good fit for the show? By the way, do you have any problems or challenges? If so, I may be able to help you out. And, you know, not all of those are going to turn into deals right away or whatever, but some of them will over time. And that's really all I need to be as successful as I want to be. But to be clear, like this whole hook idea isn't new, right? So you do go to a conference or whatever, and what do they do? They have those branded little tchotchkes, like the little stress right. balls or the, the little, you know, the water bottle. That's what sealed the deal for me. Like, I I was going to go to a different booth or I was going to go talk to a different person, but they had a water bottle. So, yay. Comparing the the hook or the, the, the giveaway, the takeaway, whatever it is, the item of value, uh, the MacGuffin, as it were, podcasting is just outrageously more powerful, I think, in, in, in so many ways, not the least of which is it creates valuable marketing content for the future. 
right? Totally. So it's not just like, hey, you know, here's my USB stick with my latest five proposals and a white paper. It's, yeah. hey, let's talk and build that relationship. Let's cut right to the chase in a way. Um, yeah. So we don't have to try and do this whole, like, this is my brand. This is what I'm all about, blah, blah, blah. Right. <laughs> it's it's a much more compelling hook than than anything we've made, I think, so far. Um, and so with, with that kind of stuff, uh, you know, lead times for things like business cards and tchotchkes and all that stuff just goes away. And when, when's the last time you had business cards printed? That's the thing is like, I couldn't even tell you. And before it was all the time because I was going to all these physical in-person events and I was handing them out like crazy. You know how many responses I got next to none? <laughs> what do most people do with most business cards? Probably going right in the dumpster. Yeah. And it's like, you know, the whole thing is so goofy that, you know, we, we can't, we have these weird exchanges because we're just trying to be, I guess, respectful of one another. But in the end, there's plenty of those, like, you know, attempts to build relationships or just hand out business cards for folks that don't actually turn into anything. So instead, it's really great. It's just like, I liken it to the experience of watching a sports event on TV versus actually being there. Now, I know that's for different target markets, right? As in, it's more about the experience when you're there. And I can appreciate that. But if I'm a hardcore fan and I actually want to pay attention to the match or the game or whatever, there isn't, there's an unparalleled opportunity for me to watch based on the modern technology they can provide me right in the comfort of my own home. I watch TV, I can see the replays, I get as close as you possibly can to the action, and I don't even need to go anywhere. That's kind of the type of realization that I had once realizing that I can form these relationships with folks completely asynchronously and virtually and cut through all the noise without spending a lot of time and money to do all of it in person, right? And I'm not saying you wouldn't do some of it in person, that there's value for that too. But in terms of starting it, it's, it's so difficult. I, I remember being at a holiday party years ago. And it was really well attended. This was again before the pandemic, so before times, but I met someone and we had a good conversation, you know, initially as we were working on building the relationship and whatnot, but came to find out that, you know, what they were doing was just so many levels removed from what I was doing, that there was really no way we could connect each other to someone that would be a good connection because our worlds were just separated by too many layers. Had we known that, right? Given the, even, and it's not that, we wouldn't have wanted to kind of spend time speaking with each other or building a relationship because that's not just what it's about. But again, the opportunity cost, there were lots of other people there that either one of us, had we known, you know, who else was in the room or we could see, you know, like a, like a Sims character with an online profile hovering above your head, like who is, who's the person that you more than likely want to talk to before you start talking to somebody like that? we both probably would have gotten more out of that time invested. And that's kind of what it's about for me. Gotcha. It's interesting you say that because, you know, no, uh, again, back to that kind of whole defensive nature, right? You know, when you go to these things, you're constantly um, worried about it. I mean, how many times have you gone to one of these kind of events where you like hand out business cards and you're trying to circulate through the number of people to find the, 
the one person that's going to, you know, be the the great connection you got out of the event. And then, you know, even in that journey, you come back to the office and it's not better. What it is, is now you've got spammed. You're on 58 different newsletters. All of them are horrible. They're all hard sell. And, and you had, you know, maybe how many at bats at those things, right? If you're, if you try and have a five minute conversation with somebody at a show, or if you have a 10, 10 to 20 minutes, something to get, you know, into a little bit of depth, um, you're still not going to get through the yep. 3000 attendees at a conference or whatever, right? <laughs> the numbers just don't work. Yeah. I've got a buddy who to try to combat or try to solve that problem. You know, when I do the in-person networking events, I try to be present and have a real conversation with whoever I'm speaking with, understanding that I'm only going to have a handful, right? And that is what it is. And it is a problem to an extent, like you just mentioned, but I've got a buddy who takes a completely different approach and he tries to like speed round, meet everyone in the room and only spend a couple of minutes, like talking to everyone. And I just, to me, that doesn't make any sense at all because you're not remembering anything. You're not really knowing who you met. And you, you just don't have enough time to make it look like you're actually interested in developing a relationship with that person. So no matter how you carve it up, regardless, it's really difficult to make anything like that particularly efficient. You have to be, you have to essentially be comfortable settling for hoping that the event you're going to is going to have the people that you're trying to connect with, hoping that they're going to be open to having a conversation with you. When you have that conversation, hoping that conversation goes well hoping that, you know, they may be in a position to actually need whatever it is that you're doing. Otherwise, you know, if any one of those fails, then that time spent, which is significant, is probably not going to be super worthwhile. And that's what makes it so expensive besides all the other obvious stuff. It just occurred to me, that's a whole lot of hope for a solid business right. development strategy. <laughs> exactly. It's like it really feels spray and pray as in like, we're just throwing Hail Marys all day. How often does that work out? Can, I thought it was I just, like Moneyball style that we were going for here. Can I just take all of our marketing budget and throw it down a well and just hope that the wishes get granted? Right. I mean, it's, it's, it's a similar kind of uh, chain of causality here. And I'm not, again, you know, it's easy to poo-poo this stuff because we found something that works out so well. That's not to say there's no value in the face-to-face. -face. And, and when it's highly targeted and highly strategic, um, it can be really effective, um, but it's probably never going to be efficient, right? It's always going to have a certain amount of um, premium attached. And that premium, you know, has, to your point, it has both capital and opportunity costs. So, um, so, you know, I, I wouldn't want to want our listeners to think like we're super down on face to face. Um, it. It's just a matter of doing it the right way and at the right time for the right reasons. Yeah, you got to find the balance that works best for you. Like I was doing a crazy amount of in-person stuff, like upwards of three events a day before the pandemic. And I, the reason why I was doing that or felt like I needed to is because I really wanted to build my network and it wasn't growing fast enough. Now, ultimately, it helped quite a bit to get me to the level that I did, but it, don't, it didn't really start scaling until I started leveraging basically my podcast in order to meet the right kind of people that uh, I needed to connect with and much more efficiently. It only makes, you only have so much time, right? It's like you can't just, you can't make more time. So the only way you can hope to improve your results is by putting that time to better use. And that's what ultimately podcasting helped me do. It's interesting you say that because the other side of the podcasting conversation is when you create content and put it out there, you're beginning to build relationships with folks at volume and at scale in ways that you don't get 
you know, when you don't have a platform like that. So there are, there are ways to start that relationship development by putting content out there. Um, I've, I've had people that, you know, first time I've met them and they're like, yeah, I've, I've been listening to your show for a bit. I feel like I know you already, you know, how's, how's your dog, Jake? And I'm like, uh, great. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird, right? Like it's almost like, wow, like you, you really know me. Like it's really wild. Normally in that conversation where I just met someone, I would have got to that level of conversation for maybe multiple times, multiple like dates and times of us having spent yeah. quite a bit of time together. You know what I mean? Yet with the podcasting, it's really interesting. There's this like asynchronous relationship building going on that you're not necessarily even aware of, but people are coming to think of you as an authority. They're understanding the way that you think, the strategies you recommend, the things you say, how you say them. Uh, they become easy, easily able to kind of recognize your voice when they hear it as well, too. And then there is this kind of like celebrity effects, which is really interesting. Uh, I get that too um, from folks that have heard me on my podcast. And it's like, no, I'm just, you know, some random guy, <laughs> nothing too famous going on over here. But it is really cool when it's it like, does happen like that, because it's like it cuts through. You start having a conversation with like old friends, but almost right away. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it's a double leverage, right? So it's not just on the on the I'm picking and choosing as the business development person, the relationships yeah. I want to have, it's folks actively start to seek you out. It creates that uh, a much more of a, a pull style where folks are pulling you in. So um, thanks. Thanks again for being on the show. Uh, always, always love to have you. Um, and as we get more insights into to this kind of thing, I think, you know, our experiments continue, right? We're going to keep trying to find stuff. Oh, yeah. um, uh, success is finding something that doesn't work just as much as finding something that does work. So uh, we're going to we're going to keep doing what we do and uh, we'll bring it back to you guys when we find out more. Very good. Thanks, Brian. Thanks. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Consulting Trap. If you have suggestions for future episodes or would like to be a guest on our show, please send me an email at brian at podcastchef.com. That's B-R-I-A-N at P-O-D-C-I-S-T-C-H-E-F dot com. Before we go, we'd like to thank the sponsor of our show, Podcast Chef. Podcast Chef helps turn ordinary podcasting into a revenue-generating lead magnet for your consulting business. Our podcasting done for you service takes away the headache of starting up and running your own podcast. Reach out now to take advantage of our 30-day money-back guarantee. Visit us at podcastchef.com to find out how our team of experts can help you leverage podcasting to take your business to the next level. Hey, you, yes, you, it's uh, 2024 and you don't have a podcast yet, or maybe you do, but you're struggling with it. Uh, we will talk to you about that uh, for free. We'll help you figure out uh, where you might be stuck, uh, whether or not we can help you for sure. But also, uh, if you don't have one yet, what are the like first five things you can do? Uh, what are some great angles that you can use to make sure that your podcast was sustainable as you start to develop that moving forward? Uh, those consults are free. So reach out at the link below uh, in the show notes or email me at brian at podcastchef.com. Thanks.
Hi, this is Brian. Thanks for listening to the show. Uh, our website, podcastchef.com, has a ton of useful information about how to best leverage podcasting to help you solve some of your business goals and challenges. You can also schedule a demo uh, where we can show you how specifically Podcast Chef and our team can help you with some of your podcasting goals. Thanks.